Warning. The following episode will contain working for Hallmark, lying to get work, Spanglish, making fun of children, white saviorism, tokenism, cultural appropriation, broken narrative, and this episode will contain Bumblebee Murder. Welcome to the Band Library Podcast. Welcome to the Band Library Podcast. My name is S.D. Harker, librarian, writer, all-around person, human being. I guess you could call me that. I don't know. I mean, I should know, because that's those are the things I am. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about the Skippy Jones series. Skippy John Jones series. The first book in the series, specifically, because... I'm not going to read all 20-something of these, or 15, 20. There's a bunch of them. The list is big. This person has been half-assing this shit for a long time. This person, meaning Judith. (sighs) This is one of those, you read it, and then you're like, I got this. And then you look at it as you have to say it to a, let's just say, a few people. Schreisinger, <laughs> Schreisinger, whatever. Uh, Miss Judith, Miss Judy. We're just gonna call her that because uh, that's not fair to her for me to just mangle the shit out of her name. Uh, this could be John Jones series is about a little Siamese cat who pretends, at least in this first book, and what I assume in the several books after. Uh, pretends himself to be a Chihuahua uh, superhero of some kind, sort of like Zorro, if you think of it that way, and uh, fails spectacularly. I mean, uh, he does. He he wins. He's fine. The series itself, though, fails spectacularly, despite being fairly popular. And and I get into it, but you know, it's not. It's on its surface, it's harmless. It's fine. It's a, it's cute. The art's not bad, blah, 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 but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, first, let's talk about the author, Judith Byron, last name with uh, withheld, <laughs> was born August 20th, 1951 in Waltham, Massachusetts to a poor family. Her mom was sick with breast cancer, poor Miss Judy had just tons of anxiety and stuff, and she drew a lot to relieve that. She went to Massachusetts College of Art, where she earned a BFA in illustration in 1973. Out of college, she got a job at Hallmark, drawing and designing greedy cards. I don't know, that seems like that would be a pretty chill job. If you look at those greeting cards, they're not, like, wildly experimental. They're not... I mean, I guess you could get in a box drawing the same fucking flowers over and over again, or whatever the hell is on them, but... For the most part, they seem pretty chill. Maybe in the 70s, it was kind of locked down. Like, 
draw this Hummel figure again, motherfucker, or you'll die. But anyway, it seems, seems like an okay job. And during this time, she married Bob, and they had two daughters. And as one is wont to do with children, she was reading to those daughters, and she decided, you know what? These books, I could do this. Which, honestly, I'll say right now, is most of what people do. Writers in general. You write, you read a book, and all of a sudden you're looking at it going like, this is, I could do this bullshit. And so you put pen to paper. Or, in her case, you start building her portfolio. Enter Donna Jo Napo- I can't not say names today. Napoli? Who wanted Judy to illustrate her book, Prince of the Pond? And they did, and Judy met with the editor, and the editor said, Oh, we'd like to work on that. Are you a writer? And Judy thought, and thought, and thought. Or maybe it took her a second. I wasn't there. But she said, yeah, totally. Totally a writer. Which, quite honestly, all of us are writers. I'll go ahead and say that right now. We all tell stories. We all do things every once in a while where we spin a fib or a yarn or even a true life story that happened to us. We've all told those stories to each other. That's what the human race does. Most of us just don't get paid for it. So she wrote her first book, Willie and May. And over the years, she kept writing books and becoming a writer and finding fame with Skippy John Jones. She said she got the idea from her cat, which it's a book about a cat. So yeah, I'd be mortified if she got it from a, a bird or some shit. I was in the zoo looking at wolverines, and I thought, what if a Siamese cat was a chihuahua? (laughs) It's just... (laughs) The series itself has won several awards, including the one that's on the front of the cover of I Got from the library, the E.B. White Read Aloud Award. It won several state children's book awards, including Indiana, Nebraska, Pennsylvania, and Washington. So if you are in any of those states, shame. Shame on your souls. And why am I saying that? Well, of course, it only got to us because it was banned. Dummy. Why did you think I was going to say shame? It is number eight on the top 11 most challenged books of 2018. That list that came out in 2019, because that's how years work. You know, you reflect and you look back. It was challenged for depicting stereotypes of Mexican culture. It was the official ALA bullshit a reason uh it's yeah like i said it's about a siamese cat who dresses up as a spanish superhero zorro type and he does stuff but while he does it he uses broken english uh spanglish i've heard uh offensive terms named for it you know it's just it's where you add like you know i i am the librarito you know where you just Sort of just making fun of things where you're just sort of half-assing an accent. That's what this is. Not a lot of people are very happy about that. Of course, she has Miss Judy has responded to the fact that her books were banned. There was an article with a bunch of authors responding to the fact that they were banned. And she says, well, look, I got a letter. And the kid wrote that she loved her books. Well, I'll, fuck it, I'll quote it. Quote, I love your books. I've almost read all of them. 
I'm in third grade. I am eight years old. I'm really flexible. So, quick aside, um, this is feeling very creepy. But back to the letter. Quote, I have lots of friends and I talk Spanish. My favorite book is Skippy John Jones and the Big Bones. I go to dance class. My teacher reads your book sometimes. I have a big family. My grandpa talks Chinese, Spanish, and English. I really love your books. Notorious SJJ with Skippy John Jones. Unquote. It's a cute letter, and it's definitely written by an 8th grader saying random shit. But then, Miss Judy says, this is America. We live together, love together, laugh together, and read together. No one should tell this child or any child that they can't read the books they love. And then she, you know, signs her name and shit. Here's the thing. We shouldn't tell any child to read the book. You know, don't read the books they love. That's a, that is a crime. It's horrible. The fact that we should also give them better books is also a thing you should say. And I'm, I'm, well, I shouldn't say better. That's not a good word. Less harmful. Because if you're reading something and it would harm someone else, especially at a child's level, maybe you shouldn't be reading that book. Or maybe you should be reading that book critically. Because there are books that have horribly offensive things. We've covered most of them that have been published throughout America's life, about the life of the world. Just off the top of my head, and like... Um, Huckleberry Finn is filled with a set, just offensive words, especially like just one in particular over and over and over again. One of the main characters names is that offensive word. Does that mean we should throw out the whole book? I don't think so. I think it has some interesting things to say. And I think it says things that way because of the way it's written, because of the words that are included, because of a lot of the message that it has. That it is almost beating you over the head with the fact that it is about that topic. Now, Skippy John Jones, some children disagreed on that. Because I do not think it uses its... Well, we'll get to what I think about the actual book and everything a little bit later. I'm going to change things up a little bit. Um, because... I think it, it does this poorly. It is a very poor example of using offensive speech to make a point. I don't think this book has a point other than to entertain. And therefore, its offensiveness is not worth anything. I just said my statement that I'm going to say later. but So put a pin in that. Because some children agreed with me. They disagreed with the fact that, yeah, apparently a teacher was, or someone... I was reading a study about this book and about the language, the coded language and the tokenism used in this book. It's a really long study. It's reading. Uh, if you want to look at the sources, they're on the website, bandlibrary.com. Oh, and I forgot to plug everything. Shit, let's do the business right now. Jesus. Um, Patreon.com slash bandlibrary. If you want to help us out, dollar a month, you'll get these episodes hopefully early. I think I'm recording this one really on the deadline, though. So 
Sorry, but I'll try to get that a little bit better. And at the end of the show, I'll read out some, you know, new people that decided to join us this month, and I appreciate them. But anyway, so there's the business. Sorry. Whoopsie. Um, should have covered that earlier. But yeah, there's this kid, this woman wrote a really good study, and it's on there. But she starts out the study basically saying that she's reading the book and it's got the mock English. And one kid like raised his hand and he was, he identified as Mexican. And he asked if she was trying to make fun of him. And they got to talking about the class and then she ended up writing the book about it. Because that's fucked up. If you're reading to a bunch of kids and I'm talking like kids that can't read and you're supposed to be having a good time and there is some fun wordplay in this. A fun, like, almost nonsensical uh, rhyme schemes, things like that, where it's just kind of fun to say. (laughs) But that doesn't make them any less offensive. But if you're reading that, and one kid's like, hey, um, it it sounds like you're making fun of me. (laughs) That's fucked up. (laughs) When a kid recognizes that, and thank God he had the balls to actually say it, because Jesus. Anyway. Kirkus Reviews gave the Skippy John, Skippy John Jones and the Class Action a pretty good review overall, but even they added some light criticism at the end. Quote, Skippito's Spanish-laden verses are characteristically broken. His fans won't mind, but readers in search of authentic Latin, Latino representation should look elsewhere. Unquote. So yeah, they're just straight saying that this shit's broken and it's probably going to offend you. <laughs> Or they're not even saying offend you. They're just like, this is not good. It's not authentic. It's not. If it's not authentic, then why the hell are you writing it? I don't know. That's that's not a great argument, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Once the book made it to the banned books list for 2018, reviewers had plenty to say about its depiction of Mexicans. Education Week said the books were, quote, demeaning Mexicans through characterization, improper use of language, and the enforcement of a white savior modality, unquote, which I'll talk about a lot of that in a little bit later. It went on to show how the language was used to mislead and misrepresent Spanish language and speakers. The symbolic Latino depiction caused harm as, quote, substitutes for racial and ethnic identities and invoked tokenism. Straight up. So yeah, that's that's where people, it, it, it actually took somebody to say, hey, maybe this isn't great. And everybody went, oh yeah, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> because when you wrap up racism or bigotry, what's the, or, and make, try to make it fun, you can be harmful, even if you don't mean offense. And it's not to say Miss Judy is a bad person. I don't think she is. She seems like, Fairly nice. I think she's just she's just writing some shit that she doesn't quite understand in a for a culture that is not her own. Well, she's writing for her culture. Unfortunately, her culture is fucking racist. <laughs> because what Speedy Gonzalez said it was okay? That's just messed up. That's the way you want to go with that. The Mexican culture deserves better role models and they shouldn't be written by a white lady. <laughs> Again, I'll probably have to say that again later when I've got, because here's what I'm going to do. Normally I'll go through the plot at this point, and we are going to, I'll talk about the plot, but I'm going to change things up a little bit, mostly because 
I don't know. Sometimes going through the pod like this, it feels almost plotting to me. It feels like I'm just regurgitating what happened in the book, not doing a whole lot of commentary on it or actually thinking critically about the book itself. Like we already did that. And then we're, I'm just going to tell you about it so that you can pass your book report or whatever. That's not what I'm here for. Uh, I, I want you to actually read the damn book and think about it. Maybe talk to me, see if my arguments or thoughts hold water. So I'm not just, I'm not just doing a plot summary here. That fucking annoys me and it's, I don't really like it. So I am going to do a small plot summary. I'm not going to go beat by beat, but I am going to do that. Then we're going to get into actually like critiques and what this book is saying. Maybe probably just going to regurgitate a bunch of stuff I just said, because I agree with most of the people or all the people that I read saying that this book is harmful. Or this book, again, I don't think books should be banned. Everybody should have the right to read this. It should probably just be put back and studied at this point. Skippy John Jones should be a cultural artifact. Or at least should be taken over by someone who knows the culture and who can write better. (laughs) That makes any sense. Well, that'll make sense later. So let's get into it. Skippy John Jones, Siamese cat. Wakes up in a nest with some birds, because that's normal. His mother gets him out of there, scolds him, locks him up in his room, says, don't go in your fucking closet. Which seems like a weird thing to say, but there she has her reasons. And he's just started bouncing on his bed, because he's a he's a little asshole. And he looks himself in the window, and as he looks himself in the window, he sees Chihuahua. And he goes, holy shit. And he starts going through all his stuff, and he grabs his... He dresses himself up with a little banded mask and like a cape and he runs inside his closet and in his closet, boom, he is in old Mexico where he is now Skibito riding a horse down the road and he's got a, well, it's like half ass, like he's got a horse thing. Anyway, he got like a horse, his head on a stick. I don't remember what those are called, hobby horse or something, you know, where you put it between your legs and you pretend you're riding. Kind of like um, Harry Potter and the fucking brooms. Those Quidditch kids. When they run around with the broom between their legs. Just like a horse's head on there. Not a real horse's head. That'd be fucked up. I mean, it'd be really fucked up if you like just put a fucking horse's head on there and be like, I'm riding a horse, everybody. And like, whoa. <laughs> SD went strange. <laughs> you just see me going down the fucking road like that? I wonder if anybody would stop me. I hope, I hope so. Jesus. Anyway, he's in old Mexico. He's riding around. He meets up with these, all these chihuahuas of all these shapes and sizes. Some of them are blue and orange. Some of them have like polka dots and shit on them. It's very strange. And they say, what's the password? And he says, achu pichu. And they say, God bless you. And they welcome him in. It's kind of cute. I'll give it that. But again, there's where that language starts kind of coming in. And it's already been there. But he's partying, he's having a good time, and but things aren't great. Before the dogs can have their rice and beans, because that's a sentence I have to say, because dogs eat rice and beans in this world, sure. Skipito must go after the bambit Bumblebito, who's stolen all the beans, the frijoles. They are gone. And he does, he goes after the fucker. And he stabs him to death with a sword 
just kills his ass. Hearing like some weird, crazy shit, his mom, Skippy John's mom runs in just as the closet door opens up and all this shit comes like running out, like all these beanie babies and fucking Skippy John and this giant uh, candy uh, pinata that was his birthday pinata. And she's like, oh, you crazy bastard. Like, it's an 80s sitcom. And that night he goes to bed. And his mom says, good night, little cat. And he's like, not a fucking cat. That's pretty much how it ends. I, I, not verbatim, but that's pretty much how it ends. It's a cute little story. It could be fine. It's like, it's bare bones are actually pretty, pretty cute and fun. And a standard story tale. You know, power of imagination. Kid... Gets locked in his room. It's where the wild things are. You know? Kid is having a bad day. Goes to another land where he's a hero. That's not a bad... That's inherently... And that's not a bad thing. Except... It's... The message is really fucked up. Because there's no message here. It looks like we'll get one. Uh, Skippy John is not behaving like a cat. Maybe there's some identity issues. Uh, If it had been... Like... He can be whatever he wants to be in his imagination. Like I said... Or whatever he sets himself out to be. Or whatever he feels like he is in on the inside. All these are great messages that you can send to kids, you know. Use your imagination. Use what you feel is true to yourself. To be yourself. That, that, that would be great. But it's not. Because he's not being himself in his dream. He's being some superhero from another culture that he knows nothing about. There's not even a message about the power of imagination here other than it can confuse anger and eventually win over your mom. We see evidence that this might be what the author wanted. Miss Judy seems to have wanted that his world is playing because at the end there's like the bumblebee pinata as the bandit and all the beanie babies are all the chihuahuas that he was talking to. That's why they were different colors. Like there's some cute ideas, but none of that was set up in the beginning for us to like enter the play sphere. Does that make sense? Like he didn't like his mom wasn't like, Oh, don't mess with that bumblebee pinata. And he's like, Oh, I don't want to mess with the bumblebee pinata. And then he goes into his closet where he has a dream where, you know, that he's fucking up a giant bumblebee and Oh, he broke it up and Oh, that's okay. It's fine. It's blah, blah, blah. He doesn't learn any lesson at the end of this. There's nothing other than, If you sit alone and dream up some shit, eventually people will accept you, which is not true. There's no action happening here. There's no, um, he has no, uh, engagement. There's no, there's a word for it that I'm missing, but it just doesn't feel, uh, like he is doing anything. It's some setup for any of the, uh, imagination is you know, does your life great as would be there. It'd be good. Or that it's affecting his real life at all. It seems to not be. There's just a lot of wasted story that just doesn't feel great. And then on top of that, his idea is of white savior. He's a Siamese, not even a white savior. He's a Siamese cat. Siamese, Siamese, uh, Siam was a goddamn country. Like, that's a Asian influence going into Mexico. That, like that in itself is 
rife with story ideas. But no, he treats it as any white American would. And he tricks and saves a bunch of Mexican chihuahuas. And it happens inside its imagination, but it's still, it's really damn problematic. It's fucked up. Because he's, I don't know, it's, if you don't see the problem here, like there's like three right there. On top of all that, I have to point out, no review or research I read on it, he kills a dude. Like he's straight up, it's in his imagination, but is that a message we want to tell kids that if you're having a bad day, hey, if someone steals your things, kill them. Cartoon logic. I mean, there and there's ample cartoon logic here. He wakes up in a bird's nest. He his mom wears like a uh, apron and like stonners around, and you know, is they're they're living in a house. He has a dream. You know, he has like toys and a bed that he can jump on. So there's cartoon logic at play here. But he straight murders that fucking bumblebee, and then we're like, oh no, it's okay. It was a pinata. That's still not a way to solve your problems. <laughs> Like, that's really, or, and even on top of that, the message would then seem to be, it's okay to break your shit while you're playing with it, which is not cool. I mean, I know it's a pinata, it's destination is supposed to be broken, but that isn't in the whole story itself. Like I said before, it's not set up that the pinata is ever going to be a thing. It's just Skipito or whatever the hell murdering some motherfucker. <laughs> Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it just seems across the board wrong <laughs> anyway we talked about the language before uh just all the cr- critiques about the spanglish or whatever you want to call that broken spanish they're completely valid there's no glossary whatsoever it, so there's no like there's there's was a comment that this was supposed to be teaching the language but even within the text itself that's invalid because skippy john is like using all these you know bumblebito and skipito and uh, the Achupichu, all that stuff, but none of that is relevant in the story. And then at one point, he confuses himself, which doesn't make any sense to me. Where he says, where one of the guys says, you know, yo quiero, yo quiero frijoles, and Skippy John doesn't know what that means and has to be taught that oh he wants he wants beans, but the bumblebee guy took them all. That doesn't. It's his. It's his dream world. Why is he saying things that he doesn't understand? <sighs> like literally while I'm talking about this, my watch went off because apparently I'm stressed. And then, yeah, the, the constant O's, the fact that the author is white, all this is just super problematic and just bad. It's just bad, badly written across the board. And that's where I want to get into the structure itself. This is where, I mean, on top of everything we've talked about, this is sort of just offensive in itself, just by an editing standpoint. I can't believe the editor didn't let this happen. The author has no... Miss Judy, there's no structure here. I mean, I mentioned it before that they could have set up the fact that the Bumblebee and the Beanie Baby dogs and all the other stuff existed prior to him imagining them. And then we'd have some context until before the end. But it could be argued, yes, that he is a young child making use... Uh, making the language mistakes... But the narrator, and by the the author by extension, Miss Judy, I'm talking to you here, uh, you also use Spanglish. 
outside of the context of Skippy John's speech and dream. It's in a mocking tone. It feels dated. It feels wrong. It may appeal to kids, of course, but so do fucking keys dangling and making noise. It's not, it's a pretty soft sell. Kids should be educated. Care should be given to how these things are written. So if Skippy John was the one using, you know, all these terms, it could be like, oh, you know, we can't, Skippy John's silly, isn't he, using all these bad terms. Here's the ones we should use. But no, the narrator itself is saying all these things as well. It's fucked up. And on top of that, like I said, the concept of imagination versus reality is just wasted. There's no lesson. He doesn't learn anything. He's just a wild kid telling himself a story. Except he's a cat. And like I said, it's a cartoon. I'll give you that. But I won't give that he has to retreat into the imagination at all. He wakes up. Yeah, it's just none of this like rules of logic make any sense in this story. Which, it's a children's story. It doesn't have to have rules of logic. I get that. But when it's this problematic, you almost have to. When you're going to be making fun or at least adopting another culture, just figure out your basic story structure shit. When logic rules of logic are suspended so much already, why do you, we need to enter in an imagination land? You know, he sleeps with birds. He's a walking, talking cat. He's a kid. When he looks in the mirror, he sees a real... I didn't even mention that part. I'll get to that in the art. He sees a real chihuahua there, and he thinks, oh, I'm a chihuahua. But then he, then we have to jump into an imaginary world on top of the imaginary world we're already in. And why does his mom, first mad at his antics, then just accept it after he's solved his problem and honestly made even a worse mess and broken his own fucking toys? I'm a little pissed, I guess, about this book. Uh, the art itself is actually probably the best part. It's really fun. It's a strange watercolor mixed media style. Uh, for a children's book, it looks really pretty. Uh, the fuzzy edges enhance the like dream imagination part of the book overall. Like I said, I really like the use that when he looks in the mirror or the window, whatever the fuck it is, he's reflective surface. He sees an actual chihuahua. Like there's an actual picture of a chihuahua. I thought that was a, just a just a bold random choice. In the middle of this book that has everything else is painted. So I don't quite understand why the fuck that's. I don't see why that's real other than to be like, oh, maybe he isn't sure. You know, that's that's his real self. I kind of like if that's the idea, that's an it's an interesting artistic choice to say the least. It's just a sad thing that the rest of this. And then I decided let's tack on at the end there whether or not I recommend this book. I would not. No way in hell. Uh, the message is non-existent. The language is, uh, I'm suspect to say racist because I don't know if it's, it's just ignorant. It's, it's the take on it is just bad. And the writing itself is just terrible all across the board. And if the language wasn't so ingrained in the art itself, I would say the art would be fine, but it's not. This is one of those that you should study how not to write a children's book and give them something else. I don't have another something else right now. That's something I should have prepared. Hell, Pete the Cat, maybe. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, anything else. And that's the Skippy John Jones series by Judith Judy Shashner. Shashner? Shashner? I, I don't 
I'm, I'm a bad person. Um, so follow us on Facebook. I don't where I won't respond to you because I'm never on there. Twitter, where I'm on pretty often, but not as much as I should be, or I should be on there less is what I should say. Uh, Instagram, where I barely post anything. All that's band library, B-A-N-N-E-D, library. Starts with an L. I don't know. And Patreon, patreon.com slash band library. I will try to mention you there, no problem. And I do want to thank our newest patron, Jamie. Thank you for jumping on with us. You're good people. And we'll hopefully not disappoint you too much surprise for us um yeah so that's it for this week thank you for listening stay in read a book Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.